Good morning, everyone. Thank you all for coming today. And uh, it may look a little scarce out there because the youth are gone. That's a great thing for them to be up there at Lookup Lodge. If you've never been there, it's a beautiful place. And uh, they do a great work. And um, just glad our youth can be up there and those adults who are helping Ben out. And I uh, hope they're coming back uh, renewed. And the challenge of that is always whenever they go away like that and they come back, um, to stay up on that mountaintop high, sometimes that's hard to do. Um, I remember when I was a youth minister and we'd take groups off uh, to summer camp and then come back and they come back to their churches and they get kind of disappointed because we'd just sit there and just kind of half-heartedly go through worship and they were experiencing these great highs on worship and they come back to us and think, ha, that's, that's not worship. Well... As we grow older, I guess we get more mature in our worship, and we're not as outgoing and as flamboyant with our worship, but our worship is there, right? Or, yeah, that's good, yeah. I know you're worshiping out there, and I, I hope you really are, that you're participating when you come here, um, that um, it's, it's great to have a place like this to come to worship, and uh, fellow believers to come worship beside, and to get excited about what God's doing in our life, and then go out during the week, and just live on that through the week, and then come back. Because it's not just all about what's going on here. It's what we take with us. And so um, that's what our worship time is about. But let me, before I get into the sermon that I want to deal with today, let me give you some updates. Uh, that's why they want me to come up here as an elder uh, to give you an idea of where we are in uh, certain things. We've got a lot of things going on right now, as you're aware of. First thing, um, the pastor search update that we're working on right now. Uh, let me just say thanks to our staff. Um, a couple of them are in here. They are doing a great, wonderful job. And as far as I know, nothing's getting missed. Our staff is taking care of things. And um, this is, October is set aside as Pastor Appreciation Month. Well, we like to change that and let it be Staff Appreciation Month. Because we know that lead pastor doesn't do everything. It's obvious right now. Because a lot is getting done and we don't have that lead pastor. So thank our staff. If you think about it this week, let's go ahead and do it right now. Yes, the two of you that are in here and... Um, um, so send a note to them, call them, take something and buy. They always like baked goods. You know, those are always good things to thank people with. Even maybe put a $20 bill in there so they can go out to eat, something like that, or even do better than that. So thank our staff for what they do. They are a great um, um, attribute to Freedom Fellowship. We could not do it without them. So while we do have great staff and we want to appreciate them, we still are looking for that lead pastor. Be in prayer for us uh, next week, starting next Sunday through Wednesday. We're going to do some interviews, um, so be praying for our uh, elders as we go through that. And uh, that's where we are in the process there. An interview, this is not the final interview, it's just another layer of things so we can kind of narrow things down for who fits us and actually give them an opportunity to know more about us too to see if they think they would uh, fit here. So uh, be praying for that next week. And then another update, we've got a, a building update. We got the contract signed, so we're on our 60 days. You know, we were setting up today, and not everything was working, and it took a lot of work to do it, but then we're thinking, you know, not much longer, not much longer. So what we've done with this contract, uh, it set a time schedule for us. Now we can start looking for our, um, uh, our loan, to finance this, so be praying that we would find favor with uh, a local bank to help us through this. Also be uh, praying for the inspector that we're going to find to look through that building, that he'll be able to look everywhere and find anything that might we, we might need to be aware of. 
um, then, of course, the bank's going to want an appraisal and all of that. So a lot of things got to happen between now and the time we actually close on that building. So be praying that uh, we'll find favor in every step we take and that it'll go smoothly. We have a 60-day window, but we want to keep that as short as possible. Uh, on both sides, they're ready to, to close too, uh, the other church, and, and want to move on for what they're doing, but we want to be able to do it. It's possible that we get all that done and get a closing date and get it done by the end of the year. Uh, not sure that's what, if it, we have to use the full 60 days and then another 30 days to close it, it may not work that way, but we're hoping that's what it will be. So by maybe uh, the end of the year, we'll be in our own building. So that's great news, but keep praying that that kind of thing will happen. Um, just want to hit Hall- Halloween hoopla. If uh, Again, we need about 40 people. So that's about 40 of you right here. So if you haven't signed up for Halloween Hoopla, then as soon as we're through, you go out to that table and sign up. They'll have a, a place where you can, can work and help out and uh, make that a great event for our city and for them to know that uh, we, we want to make an impact in our city because that's what it's all about. Um, not, not that this isn't great, but if this was all there was, it wouldn't be enough. There's a whole great big world out there and a lot more people and a lot of great neighbors that we need to meet and, and get involved in their lives. And so if this was all there is, I probably wouldn't be a part of it. But because I know there's so much more that we can be a part of and do and help, and we're going to find out a little bit more about that as I go through my sermon today, but what we really are doing as a church, it's not just this, there's so much more to it. So now that I move up from the updates into my sermon time, what I want to... Um, try to do today is irritate you. I want to annoy you a little bit. The times I've preached up here, it's been good, and you, your encouragement is so great, and um, I, I really appreciate all the support that I get in this and the encouragement, but you know, sometimes a preacher wants to say, wants to hear you say, you know, that really got on my nerves today. You really touched a nerve, and I, you know, so I thought, what can I do to really test them today to see if I can really annoy them? Well, first of all, I'm going to talk about myself. When you talk about yourself, sometimes that gets really annoying. And so I'm going to try that first. If not, I'm going to move to denominations. Uh, denominations aren't talked about much today because they seem, seem divisive. And so uh, I'm going to talk about denominations. And then I'm going to talk about money. If I don't get you in the first two, I'll get you in the last one. I'm going to irritate you talking about money. All right, so that's where we're going. So just, just get ready. Uh, to be irritated somehow today. But first of, first off, let me talk about myself. The youngest of six guys, six boys. I'm not the baby, I'm the youngest, okay? Let's get that clear. I'm the youngest. Um, if you ask my mom, she'd probably tell you I'm her baby, but she'd say that about all six of us. Um, so um, my dad was a hard worker. He had to be to raise six boys, put food on the table. And he was a bunny bread man. Anybody know what a bunny bread man is? Yeah, you eat that Boss Bakery bunny bread? Yeah, it's the best white bread and a fresh homegrown tomato. That's the best thing there is in the world. But my dad was a bunny bread man. Sometimes we wouldn't get that fresh bread. We'd get it, the, the, the day-old bread that he'd bring home, or the desserts that we got were always outdated uh, pastries at Boss Bakery. But we had those things, and so... Uh, that's the way I grew up. You know, I, I, I guess I grew up poor. I didn't know it, but we didn't know it till, well, I, I guess when I really realized it was when at school some of the other kids were doing things I couldn't do just because we didn't have the finances to do it. But other than that, I didn't know I was poor. Um, but my dad, 
worked really hard, and, and as he worked, he always wanted to, to leave a legacy. He wanted to leave behind in his six boys um, something that, that was lasting beyond him. He passed away a year ago on Mother's Day, and I miss him, but I still know he's with me. He has left a lot in me, and a lot of people still say, even in my looks, whenever I go to their hometown, it's, oh, you're one of Bob King's boys, aren't you? <laughs> yes, yes. But uh, people who know him and know me say that there are a lot of things that, that they know, even with my characteristics and who I am, that I'm Bob King's boy, and I'm proud of that. But he couldn't leave us a, a lot of money. In fact, he didn't leave us any money. <laughs> um, but he, what he did leave us, we were part of a business that takes in over, or about, not quite, about $400 billion a year. That's the kind of legacy my dad left me. Now you say, how can you say he was a bunny bread man and you're, you're saying he, he left you to be a part of a, a business that brings in almost $400 billion a year? Yes, he did. Because he didn't just work all the time. He took us to church. He took us to Four Seals Baptist Church. And at that church where we grew up, we were a part of an organization that was local in our local churches. Our local churches gathered around and did things. Then there was a state convention of those churches, and there's a national convention of those churches. But we were part of a local church that was connected to all those others. And my dad took us to those, that church, and for a long time, he led the music of those churches. He were, we were at the church all the time. Whenever the doors were open, we were there. My mom was always in the WMU meetings, and sometimes I had to go to those with her, so I was doing the ladies' stuff too. So I was at church all the time. But being a part of that made us a part of something bigger. And I really learned about that through a program at that local church called Royal Ambassadors. How many Royal Ambassadors do we have out there? Yeah, okay, yeah, a good many. Well, they're GAs, the Girls in Action. We have any Girls in Action out there? Yes, good, all right. So that was the Girls and the Guys section. Uh, we, didn't, we didn't go to Boy Scouts because we couldn't afford all those camping trips and everything. So we were RAs, and we did the camping trips with church groups and things like that. So, so guys like uh, Perry Green and Charlie Roper and Phil Dyer began to fill into my life some things that uh, helped me understand more of the wider scope of what this world was all about. So I was a royal ambassador. And as a royal ambassador, we had a passage of Scripture where it kind of was our, our motto, our, our theme for it, and it's found in 2 Corinthians. So if you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Corinthians, and it's going to be on the screen for you. Second Corinthians chapter 5. This is the total passage. We'll get to where the last verse is really where it came into. But this is the passage of Scripture that we focused in on for the ministry of royal ambassadors. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you 
on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. So there's the passage that the royal ambassador is really focused in on. We are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. And so what do we do? We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. So let me pause to do that right now. You need to be reconciled with God. If you've never made it right with him, there is a gap between you and him because of the sin in your life. We all are born into sin. We're born sinners. Um, it doesn't take long for us to see that in our little kids as they're growing up, that uh, they want what's theirs, mine, mine, mine. Or, but as we grew older, we still have that, and we are still selfish, and we are sinners. And the only way we can be reconciled to God is through Christ Jesus. And if you've never done that, you need to learn more about what Jesus has done for you. He died on the cross. He gave his life for you. And if you'll just accept what he's done for you, that gap will be filled and you'll be reconciled to God. Reconciled to God through Christ Jesus. Now let's move on. Most of you in here, I believe, have already done that. And so I'm going to be talking to you from here on out. So I hope I didn't annoy those who don't know Christ or aren't reconciled with God too much because I don't want you to be annoyed. I want you to know that God loves you and cares for you. He has a plan for you, and he's ready to help you through that. But for those of us who found that and we're on that road and we're, we're moving down the road trying to follow Christ, even though this was a young boy's ministry in the Southern Baptist Church, the Royal Ambassadors is for all of us. We are ambassadors for Christ. There was a pledge we said. This was the verse that we focused in on, but there's the pledge that goes along with it. So um, I'm not going to ask you uh, former uh, royal ambassadors to recite this pledge, but you probably know it. It says, as a royal ambassador, I will do my best to become a well-informed, responsible follower of Christ, to have a Christ-like concern for all people, to learn how the message of Christ is carried around the world, to work with others in sharing Christ, and to keep myself clean and healthy in mind and body. We'd focus in on each of those things that each week trying to get better as an ambassador for Christ. I want to focus in on the first part of that, to become a well-informed, responsible follower of Christ. I believe today there are a lot of people that are following Christ. They've been reconciled to him. They've taken that step and realized, yes, they're, they're secure in their salvation, but leave it there. They aren't well-informed. They aren't responsible followers of Christ because if you're responsible, you're going to be well-informed. You're going to know what to move, how God wants to use your life, not just leave it at that one first step. So, what do we need to do to become a well-informed, responsible follower of Christ? There's a lot of things, but what I'm going to focus in on now, I told you I was going to talk about denominations, and that's where I'm moving to now. We as a church are Southern Baptists. Now, we don't call ourselves Freedom Fellowship Baptist Church. In fact, there is a Freedom Fellowship Baptist Church. I don't know if you knew that, but go down Highway 25. I have to go down there when I go down to Greenwood. I see the sign, the Freedom Fellowship Baptist Church. I think they may be an independent Baptist. We are consider ourselves a Southern Baptist, and that's a good bit different from independent Baptist. In doctrine, we believe in things called the priesthood believer, the um, security of our salvation. We believe in uh, believers' baptism by immersion. Those kind of things doctrinally, and you need to know about that, and it's helpful in our, our personal growth as we learn about those things. But I don't want to talk so much about the doctrine as I do about what we're doing in the world. Because you give money through this church, and we are a cooperating Baptist church 
with the Southern Baptist Convention, your money goes a long way. Now, Mark already mentioned some of the things that it does, and it's, it does it locally. But it goes a lot further than that. We are a part of the Three Rivers Baptist Association. Three, Re- Three Rivers Baptist Association is a very young association. It was just started a couple of years ago. Um, and in fact, they are having the associational meeting tonight. And uh, we are invited to be a part of that. And it just, they just go over the things that they've done for the year. But that Three Rivers Baptist Association is actually a merge between Greer Baptist Association and uh, North Greenville Baptist Association. Those the things that they were doing and the churches that were involved were closer together and they felt like if we merge these two together we could even do more together than apart and that's the whole idea of southern baptist that we can do more together than apart what i give to this church is just minuscule with what needs to be done in all the world but because i give it through this local church i'm a part of a bigger business That legacy that I told you my dad left me a part of was the Southern Baptist Convention. The Southern Baptist Convention takes in about $400 billion a year and disperses that in different ways. I'm going to show you some of those ways. Let's go ahead and look, Jonathan, show the slides, and we'll look at uh, the different entities that make up the Southern Baptist Convention. I take these, the next statistics that that I'm going to deal with, And I use statistics because people don't like statistics, and it's going to irritate you a little bit, so that's why I'm doing it. But it's taken from the annual of the 2015 Southern Baptist Convention. So the convention um, is met 158 times, met in Columbus, Ohio, and this this book of reports was prepared and distributed by the Executive Committee. That's one entity of the Southern Baptist Convention, and it's headed by Frank S. Page. He's the president and chief executive officer. Frank Page, that name ought to... uh, you might recognize that name. He was the pastor at Taylor's First Baptist Church before he took this position. So we are tied in really close. We had a local pastor who is now the head of the executive committee of the Southern Baptist Convention. And go on the next slide. We're going to go through different entities. This is just a little statistic about the executive committee where it tells how much they take in. What we do as a, as a church, we take all the money in. And then we disperse this in different ways and use it in different ways. We take a a small portion of our uh, weekly gifts and we give them to the state convention, which then passes it on to the Southern Baptist Convention. Through that same method of churches all over the United States, they take in $186 million 